sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two of the morning after live right here on a football Friday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grid Network. That's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. We get you set for your weekend live right here on a Friday on TMA. Up next, we hit the streets of New York. It's Benny and the Bets now at the halfway point of this NFL season. Tons of teams, multiple NFL organizations have a bye week each and every Sunday. What would you do with some time off from work? That's what we ask. We'll go to the collegiate space in the ACC specifically with our good pal Josh Graham to look at both college basketball on a huge Friday night in the sport and of course the weekend in college football before we end out the show with our final Football Friday thoughts with the one, the only, Joe Pisapia. Speaking of college football, it is bittersweet that I say these words. Only three regular season weekends remain in the 2022 college football season. But here in the final month, in November, as the college football playoff is in sight, as conference championship weekend, that opening Saturday in December, is on the horizon, the pressure is ramped up. And that is certainly the case for week number 11 in one of the marquee matchups on a Saturday night in Austin, Texas. It's number 18, Texas, hosting number four, TCU. And the Longhorns currently north of a touchdown favorite, laying seven and a half points at home against the Horned Frogs. This, as I have already told you, is a preseason number. It is the continued power rating looking at Texas and I think slightly overvaluing Steve Sarkeesian and company and still undervaluing the only undefeated team left in the Big 12, one of four remaining unbeatens at the FBS level out of 131 college football programs. That would be TCU, who is not only 9-0 straight up, but also 7-1-1 against the spread, the second-best cover percentage in all of the sport, and their only time as a dog this year, the first Saturday in October against Oklahoma, and they won that football game outright. There are some, and they are wrong, but there are some that would tell you TCU's success this year is overshadowed by the fact they have to come back and win ball games in dramatic fashion. Well, let's take that approach then to this Saturday night in Austin. Texas is one of the best first-half scoring teams in all of college football. The Longhorns average 25 points per game in the opening two quarters. They are the fifth best scoring offense in the first half. That first half spread is four and a half against TCU, but the Horn Frogs are tied for the fifth best scoring offense in the second half, averaging 19 points per game. So if that's where you want to find an edge and you want to back the Longhorns, look at the first half number. If you think TCU makes it competitive, look at the live price or maybe a second half number before we kick tomorrow night in Austin. And here is what is at stake. TCU checking in at number four in the second set of the college football playoff rankings, and deservingly so. TCU, again, the only unbeaten team left in the Big 12 is the odds-on favorite to win the conference championship. But for TCU, they have bigger sights than that, plus 650 right now 
to make the college football playoff. Tied for the fifth longest odds on the board. Texas has the second best price to win the Big 12, but not any college football playoff odds because Texas has already lost three games this year. TCU, where they win tomorrow night in Austin, would set themselves up for a big run to the college football playoff out of the Big 12. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here the second hour of the morning after live on this Friday, Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. And again, as it pertains to that Big 12 battle tomorrow night, a Texas two-step between the Horned Frogs and the Longhorns, TCU has no margin of error in my opinion. Alabama also no longer has any margin of error, and I'm sure they're not really looking all that fondly at the college football playoff this year. But they are still in the running, at the very least, for an appearance in the SEC title game. How do we expect Alabama to respond after Nick Saban's second loss of this season? Alabama is an 11-and-a-half-point favorite on the road tomorrow in the Grove in Oxford, Mississippi, against Ole Miss. You might be thinking to yourself, this is a top 15 matchup. Alabama's on the road. They just lost for the second time this year. Ole Miss only has one loss. This is not the same Alabama team. Why are they a double-digit favorite? Alabama has not lost regular season games back-to-back, two straight, since Nick Saban's first year in Tuscaloosa. That was 2007. 11 regular season games since that time. They have won all 11 in this follow-up bounce back spot and would have covered this 11 and a half point spread in 10 of those 11 regular season contests so now we look at the sec where lsu is in control of the sec west division the bayou Bengals now the second best price to win the conference championship georgia is a heavy odds on favorite at minus 470 Ole miss's only loss this year is two LSU so if LSU loses again and Ole Miss pulls the upset at home tomorrow they are still very much in the running for a spot in that SEC title game we are also battling for the top spot in the American on Saturday as well Tulane hosts UCF this game is a virtual pick'em. it's minus 114 for the green wave on the money line it's UCF at minus 106. Tulane holds that first place spot right now, unbeaten in the AAC at 5-0, but Central Florida is 4-1, a top 25 tilt tomorrow for week number 11 of college football. But we hit the streets of Manhattan for Benny and the Bets up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listen, I'm pretty fired up. On this football Friday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and all across the SpizGrid's network, including Sirius XM Channel 159. But even I could use a day off or maybe a week off to rest up, get some sleep, enjoy myself, and then come back refreshed. That's what kind of happens in the National Football League at this portion of the year. Teams on the bye, multiple teams each and every week. Six last week. Four this Sunday, six more next week. What would Alex Fasano do with a week off from work? Alex Fasano, any PTO days left for you this year at the grid? 
That's a negative, Ben. Already used them. Getting ready for the football season, the real meat of the football season. Come on, Ben. You know we're locked in, ready until Super Bowl time. But before we get started on this Football Friday, let me just say thank you to all the veterans out there on this Indeed. Veterans Day. We got a college basketball game on the SS Abe Lincoln today. Ben, have you ever played basketball outside? I'm sure all those veterans are very excited to watch that. So shout out to everybody who served across our country. But Ben, college basketball overseas, are you excited? I thought you were going to ask me when you led up to that question, Fasano, have I ever played basketball on an aircraft carrier, which would have been a resounding no. I have played basketball outside many a times in my life here in New York City, oftentimes in the East Village, Tompkins Square Park, some great runs for the culture out there. I have played on the West Side Highway, which does blow with the wind, maybe like the aircraft carrier. We will see on the USS Abraham Lincoln tonight for Gonzaga, the number two team in the country, and Michigan State. Take that into account when you evaluate the number. The Zags an 11-and-a-half-point favorite. Maybe an under coming this night, Fasano, because of all that wind, messing with jump shots. There you go. I'm sure, again, once all those veterans on that carrier watching a live basketball game, they're not going to matter how cold it is. They're just ready for college hoops, as I'm sure you are. But, yeah. Ben, we're talking about bye weeks. I'm sure, you know, you're excited that no college football bye weeks are happening anytime soon. But we still got some in the NFL. I'm not a fan, though, personally, of the bye weeks between fantasy and, you know, there's only really one bye week you like, and that's when your team's on the bye. Because then you can just sit and watch yeah. Red Zone all day and relax. But I'm sure a lot of the people of New York are very excited for their own bye weeks as we spoke to them on the streets of Manhattan. So why don't we all just take a nice deep breath, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Benny and the Bets. We are halfway through the 2022 NFL regular season. Each and every Sunday, multiple teams are on the bye. So today we hit the streets of New York to see how you would spend a week off from work. What would you do with a week off from work? Oh my gosh, what would I do with a week off from work? Probably sleep. Sleep all week? Sleep all week? Yeah. All seven days? Yeah, all seven days. Never wake up, man. You need to sleep? Yeah. Well, I don't work yet, but if I did have a week off from work, I would definitely sleep a lot. Um, travel. Where to? Mm, Europe. I don't know. Take a trip. Where would you go? Mexico. Go to Florida. What would you do in Florida? Lay on a beach. Party. Oh yeah, that guy would. Yep. Travel. What would you? Where would you go? Um, I would like to go to Dubai. Let's fly to Dubai. Let's leave Dubai. Let's go to Africa. Let's leave Africa. Stop over in Amsterdam. Spin back to the States, live on Sunday, back to work on Monday. Um, a week off of work, wow, I think I would go on a road trip. That's what I would do. Where would you go? I would go up to Maine. Disney. Disneyland? Mm-hmm. World or land? World. A week off? Yeah. Look for a better job. Uh, probably go on unemployment. Okay. No, I got two weeks coming up, so I'm good. Oh, have a great time. Yeah, I'll see you. I'll go to Bora Bora. What would you do there? Um, Swim. To ask your boss for a week off right now, what would you say to the camp? Uh, man, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Give me a week off. Numbers are good this quarter. Numbers are good. Please, like, please. Good manners. I'm tired of being overworked and underpaid. It's my money and I need it now. I'm going. She's not even asking, she's just going. I like my job. I know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? How dare you in New York like your work? I know. How dare you? What would you say to your boss right now on camera to be like, hey, boss, I deserve a week off? I deserve a week off. That's pretty good advice, all right. I need a week off. I'd just say that, I guess. Why do you deserve a week off from work? Because I work really hard. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 
Have a great rest of your day. You too. I need a break. Help, please. Help. Please. Help. <laughs> please. Uh, please, do not give me work. I, I don't want to do anything. He just wants to sleep. Yep. I'm taking the week off. That's it. Flat out simple. Yeah, just tell him. What would you say? Uh, I'm sick. Hey, uh, I'd like to take a week off. Can I, uh, is, is that going to be an issue? And they would say, no, you're a great worker. Thank you for everything you've done. Right. There we go. You're off. You're off. He's off now. You like swimming? I love swimming. Are you a good swimmer? I'm a very good swimmer. You want to go swimming now? Okay. Is there a place for us to swim? Absolutely. Hudson Yards. All right, let's go. We're going to go swimming. Come on. Later. See you guys. <laughs> ben, uh, let me ask you, how was that swimming trip out here in November? It was a nice day that uh, when, we were, when we filmed this, though. So I'm sure you had a great time, right? It was a beautiful day outside, and it was awesome. We had our floaties on, me and that guy. We <laughs> shared some pina coladas after our long swim. It was a great time. Disclaimer, I did not actually go swimming with that random gentleman <laughs> who I met for a few minutes on the streets of New York. Just wanted to say that. There you go. Oh, it sounds like a lovely time, Ben. I think we got to take some pages out of those, uh, those suggestions those people had. Say, hey, hey uh, AMC, uh, uh, Mr. Sussman, you know, yeah. the numbers are good. You know, we've been working real hard. Maybe a week off. Good. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just having a little fun here on this football Friday. But here Faz, on this I will football say, Friday, go ahead. Faz, let me just say, let me just say, I'm going to take a page out of the book of many people you heard from there. They don't ask for time off. They just tell their bosses when they want time off. I appreciate how brazen and bold people are. So the next PTO request that I put into El Jefe, Greg Sussman, <laughs> who filled in on this show, by the way, just last week, I will just say I'm off. These dates... That is that <laughs> end of the matter. And you would think numbers and viewership matters, and that's a big thing, Fasano. That shows how hard we work. Of course. Everyone here works hard on the grid from the top to the bottom. Shout out to the grid here Amen. on this football Friday. So we'll Boom. see what happens, you know. We'll, 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 we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll take a couple days to get that request in. But anyway, Ben, let's get into it. The producer picks. That's what everybody loves here. It's not Benny the Bets. It's not even me or you. It's all about oh. the producer picks. And I'm starting us off here, Ben. Look, they were on the bye week last week, sticking to the theme, coming off the bye. It's my Pittsburgh Steelers looking for an alternate spread here of plus three and a half. See, the thing is, Ooh. Ben, an avid Steelers fan myself, I know that Chris Boswell, their kicker, went on the injured reserve. They just signed Matthew Wright off the Chiefs practice squad. So why not just buy a little bit of points there because it could be a close More. game and maybe a missed field goal is the difference i'd even consider doing a two-team teaser maybe get six points and make the steelers spread plus seven and a half i don't know i think it's a close one and steelers are seven and three straight up coming off their last bye weeks the last 10 games so what do you think about that one ben it, very good look and i do think that is a teaser spot for pittsburgh if you can take it through two key numbers of the three and then north of the seven for the touchdown as well there is no better cover team by the way as an underdog, then Mike Tomlin Steelers in his 15-plus seasons as the head coach of the Steelers. A 62.5% cover percentage for Sano during his time, his 15-plus years as a dog. A good look. Can't count out those Pittsburgh Steelers. A little rough season, though. We'll get there. Shout-out to Kenny the Kid. All right, speaking of the kid, our guy Andrew Bocci Galupo. He's going with, what is this, Hofstra Pride money line? I got the Iona collared shirt on today uh -oh. against the gales my gales against his pride i don't know though rick patino's got something to say about that i can't ride with Baji on this one but he's taking the hofstra money line at home tonight ben are, are we going with Baji? are you riding with the gales me kevin walsh what do you got 
a big day here on the Spears Grizz. We got some members of the Pride, some Gales alums as well. <laughs> Hofstra, a two-and-a-half-point underdog. And that man, Bocci, Andrew Bocci Galupo, on the call for the Pride there in the Gales go. tonight. Absolutely. On the call, shout-out to Andrew Bocci Galupo. And hopefully he does a great job for the Hofstra Pride. And let's finish off with Jesse Metzger, our graphics guy. Seahawks money line. In Germany, it's Germany, Gino. I'm riding with it. Give me the Seahawks money line. I also just picked up Gino in fantasy because Josh Allen's dealing with an injury. Jesse, you know your picks, man. Germany, Gino is a good one. The Seahawks, six wins this year, five of them outright as a dog. More TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On this Football Friday, it's not just the NFL. It's not just college football for the third to last week of the regular season in CFB. It's a huge Friday in college basketball. The opening week of college hoops this year in 2022-23. A robust, tremendous slate on this Friday night. Of course, highlighted by that game on an aircraft carrier, the USS Abraham Lincoln between Gonzaga and Michigan State. The Zags an 11 and a half point favorite. The over-under by the way, 145 in a hook. It seems like a low total for Gonzaga, but they're playing a basketball basketball game on an aircraft carrier outside in the elements. Also a big night in the ACC. And if we're talking ACC atmosphere, ACC insight, ACC analysis and assessment here on the morning after, that means Josh Graham is on the show. WSJS Sports Radio down there in the triad in North Carolina. Josh Graham, who I shared a clip with earlier this week from when he was on in the summer months prior to ACC Media Days in football, predicting North Carolina to win the Coastal Division. Well, UNC looks very, very good in winning that Coastal Division right now. So he is the man that knows the ACC with the best of them. Josh, thank you for joining us here on the morning after. Plus 600, Ben, North Carolina to win the Coastal Division after being the only guy to pick it last year the only sad news is that there's not going to be a coastal division after this year so i don't know what i'm going to do a year from now i know well we'll just have you pick the acc winner outright and i'm sure you'll get that bang on as well we start first though with acc basketball duke tonight hosting south carolina upstate inside cameron indoor for what is the second game now of the john shire era there in Durham, North Carolina. Josh, what did you see in the first game, the debut against Jacksonville, and what can we expect tonight with the Dukies, a 27-and-a-half-point favorite? So I was at John Shire's debut on Monday night, and what stood out to me, Ben, is that this is going to be a conservative, defensive basketball team. When you recruit Mm -hmm. the one-and-done like Duke does, you're kind of a victim of what the recruiting class is going to be. And unfortunately, there's no Paulo Banquero in this year's class. There's no Zion Williamson. Uh, Victor Webinyama is not in college basketball, and neither is Scoot Henderson. So when you look at good players like Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively, Derek Lively is supposed to make his debut tonight for Duke, you're talking about guys who are probably going to be lottery picks, but back into the lottery, not game-changing top-five caliber players. And Duke has a few guys that 
don't really elevate the ceiling of what they can be, but do elevate the floor. So I do think this is going to be a good Duke team when you talk about guys like Jalen Blakes who returns, who could play defense and come off the bench and give you some energy. Mark Mitchell, who's a freshman whose game reminds me a lot of McCall Bridges in the NBA. Some 3 and D, some energy. Ryan Young, who I know you're probably a fan of from the Northwestern who looks like a guy you don't want to play at the Y, who throws elbows around left and right, but grabs a bunch of offensive rebounds. Those are the types of guys that elevate your floor. And I think John Shire is going to have a really good defensive team. And Derek Lively is the final piece of that that will elevate some rim protecting for this squad. But the offensive scoring, that's still a big concern. Ryan Young is going to star in Lithuania for a couple of years before having a successful career at J.P. Morgan and giving people 35 and 15 in rec league basketball for the rest of his life. But Ryan Young is a big piece of that depth, I would agree, Josh, for Duke this year. And Jeremy Roach, of course, returning. He was an all-ACC preseason pick. So let's go to Duke's most bitter rival. Of course, it was North Carolina. Ending the career of Coach K. Yes, I bring that up anytime I can in the Final Four last year in the 2021-22 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. North Carolina, Josh, the number one team in the AP poll entering this college basketball season. Tested slightly by UNC Dub in their opening game inside the Dean Dome. Tonight for North Carolina, it's game number two. The Tar Heels, of course, Josh, return so much talent from last year's squad. What is your approach to UNC early this season in games like we will see in the non-conference against Charleston tonight? I am very conflicted about North Carolina because they remind me a lot of UCLA a year ago who went on that great run during March, barely got into the tournament in the 2021 field, of course went to the Final Four, lost at the buzzer to Jalen Suggs in a classic game. The following year, they brought everybody back and everyone thought, oh goodness, UCLA is going to run rough shot across the entire Pac-12. They didn't win the Pac-12 and they didn't win the Pac-12 tournament. Lost in the Sweet 16 to Carolina on their way to the national championship game. North Carolina brings everybody back except Brady Manick, who was their most dependable three-point shooter. And that was something that we didn't see really a lot of. On Monday, Carolina was two for 10 from three-point range. Now, the question is, how much of a how good of a measurement is March when you consider you're talking about winning five or six in a row, but what were you prior to knocking off Coach K in Durham? I'm not saying North Carolina is more like the team we saw before that game in Cameron and less the team we saw in the tournament, but it's probably somewhere in the middle. That's why I don't think there's value in picking North Carolina to win the ACC. The team that I think there is a lot of value in is Virginia that actually brings back their entire starting five plus one off the bench, their top six scorers coming back. They add a top 10 recruiting class. Isaac McNeely looked really good in the opener. They were 247th Ben from three-point range last year in college basketball. The three ball seems to return to Charlottesville this year with 11 threes in the opener. Ben Vandegas, a transfer from Ohio, added on top of that gives you the best eight-man rotation I think you're going to see in the ACC this year. Plus, you're talking about Tony Bennett, who's won five of the last nine ACC titles. Absolutely so. The pack line defense, we know, and the offense is never all that overwhelming. But for UVA, it is always the ability to shoot the ball from deep. So that's a great look. We'll get back to the top of the ACC here, Josh, in just a moment. I'm glad you bring up UVA because there's a value spot at plus 650 with the third best number behind Carolina 
and Duke. Is there anybody deeper down the board? And you don't have to say Syracuse if you don't want to. I won't twist your arm. Is there anybody else in the ACC title market you think could be a sleeper team this season? Yeah, I look at the plus 1,400 with Miami being interesting. The only concern I have about the Hurricanes is they are small, man. They're, tight. They're running four guards the entire game. Anthony Walker's the biggest guy in their lineup, and he's six foot nine. That would be a concern. Everybody talks about Isaiah Wong being back because he's a really good player, and they went to the Elite Eight, but he might not be the best shooter on this team. Nigel Pack from K-State, who transfers in, is a legit knockdown shooter. So if you want value, maybe it's Miami at 14 to one there. But I will say, depending on what type of win total numbers you can find for Boston College and NC State, those are the two teams that I see nobody talking about that remind me a lot of Wake Forest and Virginia Tech in the last couple of years where coaches seem to take a big jump in this conference in their second year and Earl Grant is there. And at the end of the year, it was Earl Grant that played spoiler for Wake Forest and nearly Miami in the ACC tournament. They bring nearly everybody back. And Kevin Keats, he went into the portal, similar to the way that Steve Forbes has done in the past, grabbed some really good players, and he has the best guard, you could argue, in the entire conference, and Tequavion Smith. So if you want yep. value in terms of win totals, wherever you can find them with NC State and Boston College, that's where I go there. But in terms of ACC title value, I think Virginia wins the league, and I see they have the second or third best odds there. And Miami after that, are the, I think it's a four-team race of teams that could potentially win this conference. And I'm leaning saying there's probably three because I don't really like Duke's chances of doing so this year. All right, quick one-word answer then as we evaluate the top of the two bitter rivals in North Carolina and Duke. It's plus 135 for the Heels as the favorites. Duke only 55 cents behind. Josh, who has a better season, UNC or Duke? North Carolina will be better in the ACC. We'll see where things are trending when you get into March because that's how both their years are going to be defined. All right, now we go from basketball to football in the Atlantic Coast Conference, focusing on that team in North Carolina that Josh Graham predicted to win the Coastal, and hey, the Tar Heels are going to do that. But an interesting matchup tomorrow on the road in Winston-Salem against Wake Forest. Josh, right now, UNC, the top 15 team, is a four-and-a-half-point road underdog. How come? It's just one of those games, Ben. <laughs> Wake Forest, they, when they're at home, they have scored at least 30-plus in every single home game they've played over the last two years. And this reminds me so much of the spot that Wake Forest was in last year, but the roles were reversed where Wake Forest is high-ranked in the ACC and then they go into North Carolina and they get knocked off, it feels very similar, like these things are just flip-flop. And we were wondering why North Carolina was favored a year ago, and Vegas turned out to know a thing or two. I like Wake Forest to win this game. They're finally going to bounce back. I just don't know how many points it's going to take, considering the last two years, Ben, they have scored 112 and 113 combined when they play. So when I see that over 77 and a half, I'm going north. I think that's the best value of the game. You got to go over 77 and a half on general principle. All right, quickly here as well. Clemson, a touchdown favorite back in Death Valley against the Louisville team that has won four straight games. Of course, the Tigers coming off the upset on the road in South Bend against Notre Dame. How do you expect Clemson to respond tomorrow night? 
They're at home. They've won 38 straight at home. I think they win the game, but I'd be scared. Stay away from this game. Louisville's playing great. Clemson doesn't have confidence at quarterback. Stay away from this game unless you hate yourself. It is going to be so interesting to see how the committee continues to evaluate Clemson. An odds-on favorite to win the ACC, but now it seems their shot of getting the college football playoff all but put to bed. Josh Graham, you are the best. We'll have more conversations here very soon. Thank you for joining us. More TMA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our final Football Friday thoughts live right here on a Football Friday on the morning after. Let's cut to the two box right away because Joe Pisapia joins us here on TMA looking like Kirk Cousins on the plane except for all of the ice. But we trust in Joe P. When I say you like that, you are going to like what you hear here to set the stage <laughs> for your Sunday in the National Football League. The second half of the season, Joe Pisapia now underway thank you for joining us here all the morning after on this football friday always my friend it's, i've got a lot of props here on the table nowadays too i'm becoming like the carrot top of the sports betting and fantasy world but that's okay that's fine that guy works all the time and he's got amazing right. plastic surgery so hopefully someday i will have the same and it'll keep me looking young you don't need it maybe a little botox up here but i don't think you need yeah. anything more than that right now and as you see behind joe's right shoulder the host of Fantasy Sports Today, each and every Sunday, live right here on the grid to set the stage for your Sunday slate. A lot of props. I'm glad we're not seeing any purple lights. And let's get going here with how we assess all the board for NFL week number 10. There's a game, Joe P., in Green Bay, Wisconsin, on Saturday between the Packers and the Cowboys that the TV networks are trying to bill as this old rivalry renewed between two of the most storied franchises in all of the National Football League. I don't know. Doesn't really seem like it has that much luster to me. And Dallas is now just a four and a half point favorite. Joe, my question to you was going to be because Dallas for most of this week was a five point favorite on the road in Green Bay, Wisconsin. What that spread said to you, does this line movement also say anything to you about what we can expect for the outcome of this game between Dallas and Green Bay? Well, I was the guy who said last week on FST, I said, look, if you're smart, you're going to take the Lions to win outright in that game. Packers are just yeah. not a good football team. In fact, I think uh, Roswell Douglas said it best, uh, the Packers cornerback. We suck because we suck. I mean, you can't, it doesn't get better than that. I mean, that is the quote yeah. of the century. I mean, what a great quote there from Mr. Douglas yeah. there. Uh, looking at the, the Green Bay Packers, now Aaron Jones is dealing with an injury. It was an ankle it all of a sudden became a knee. I mean, it's, it's been very strange what's going on here. And now we're in a spot here where, you know, I think we've realized that there wasn't enough around Aaron Rodgers. They didn't draft mm -hmm. enough help for Aaron Rodgers. They didn't go out and trade enough help for Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers can't transcend what's going on here, what they've given him. And then you add in the defensive injuries to losing a guy like Rashawn Gary for the year. That is a huge loss. He was playing fantastic. Huge. And nobody talks about that enough. Nobody talks about the defensive side of the football. Everybody always wants to talk about offense. I like the defense, okay? The defense matters in a lot of these games, and I think we don't talk about that enough when it comes to sports wagering. We don't talk about it enough in the will of defenses. Go back to 
uh, that game against um, Baltimore and New Orleans, right? Think yeah. about how the defense showed up. Think about when you add in some of the pieces, like a Roquan Smith to a defense, what that does. And all of a sudden, Houston gets opened up. Calais Campbell is on top of Andy Dalton. I mean, that changes a lot. And the Packers right now, defensively, offensively, I mean, I don't know how you make any case for the Packers in this game. I really don't. And I know that sounds really kind of depressing and morbid for everybody who's a Green Bay Packer fan. But let's just keep it real. The Cowboys are coming off a bye. The Cowboys are, I think, in a spot here where a little bit more time to heal for um, Dak Prescott. That's a very important thing, too. I mean, it's hard to like the Packers in any way, shape, and form in this game. So I think what you do is you go ahead and, and you you imagine that you're going to get a touchdown from Ezekiel Elliott despite all of the injuries he's been dealing with. Uh, you imagine the Cowboys have a lead. You imagine you're going to have some good all-purpose yards. You want to attack those, I think, from Tony Pollard. And then you kind of move on with this um, because yeah. the, the Packers offense just can't keep up. And the defense now with the injuries they've had, I mean, there's just no looking back here. There's there's no forward. There's no remedy for this situation. It's just not happening. The Cowboys right now have the third best price to win the NFC at plus 550. The Packers were tied for the second best odds to win the NFC title before the year got underway. They are now greater than 40 to 1 to win the conference championship. So, Joe P., when we evaluate the NFC championship at the moment, the unbeaten birds, in my opinion, as I have said for the last month, are deserving of being the favored team in that conference. But like Philly, and Dallas has only won three playoff games in the last 25 years, there are some up-and-coming teams in the NFC. We haven't seen that proven experience in the postseason, especially at the top of this board. So, as you evaluate the top of the NFC title market, mm -hmm. Who do you believe in most when it comes to cashing this postseason ticket? Well, going into the year, the 49ers were my favorite pick. Uh, and it was because I thought that maybe Trey Lance could bring something new to that offense that didn't exist. And I believed in the defense. Well, that's not good reasoning anymore. But what they have now is Christian McCaffrey, who is completely locked in in this role mm. in this offense. And they still have that really good defense. So I think that's the major contender here for the Eagles. And the Eagles have a lot to prove here. They've got a couple games coming up in the schedule that are going to be tough for them. The Tennessee Titans is going to be a tough game. Go look and see what the Tennessee Titans did with the Kansas City Chiefs last week, right? They like to bring you down to their level. They like to play in the muck. But if they beat the Titans and then they can handle their business in division, and that means beating the Giants, and that means beating Dallas in Dallas, where Dallas is probably going to be favored in that game, regardless of whatever the Eagles record is. I mean, you can make that case for that perfect season for the Eagles, but they got to get past the Titans first. Uh, looking at this, the 49ers to me are still that team. The Cowboys, I need to see the offense all kind of come together. The defense is there. We talked about Michael Parsons many times on the show. What a game wrecker he is. Uh, they've done a great job in coverage this year. Last year, Trayvon Diggs was a guy you could throw on a lot. And Trayvon will pick some balls off, and Trayvon will get burned some other times. Not this year. Nobody's even throwing near him. He's really stepped up his game to the next level. The Vikings are fascinating at 6-1 to one yeah, because they do feel like a team that has finally things going their way after last year losing so many games by three or less or having leads and blowing them like they did last year. Things have turned for them, right? They're starting to win those close games, and that changes the dynamic a great deal in terms of confidence in the locker room. I just don't know if I believe in the defense. I think that's the problem there with the Vikings. And the Buccaneers, I mean, they're their own worst enemy here. Seahawks are fun. It's a great story. And the rest of these teams, I don't think you can really believe in it all in the NFC. So I really think right now, you look at that 5-1 to one number for the San Francisco 49ers, and that is super tempting because they play good defense, they run the football, and in the playoffs, those are the two most important things to do. And those are the two things that travel 
regardless of weather, regardless of issue. If you go back and look yep. at what happened last year with the 49ers, right, they could run the football and they could play defense. And they went into New England and put a whooping on – I mean, went into Green Bay and put a whooping on Green Bay. Yeah. Yep. And Jimmy Garoppolo, despite maybe some of his shortcomings, has led San Francisco at least to the NFC Championship game in two of the last three seasons. I jumped in on a Niners price at plus 750 two weeks ago ahead of San Francisco's game against the Rams. They looked great in that one. Run CMC did not just run. He also threw a passing touchdown and caught a receiving touchdown and also ran in a <laughs> score. The Niners had a bye. They're getting healthier, and they're a seven-point favorite this Sunday night, Joe, in Santa Clara against the Los Angeles Chargers, a battle of Northern versus Southern California. A seven-point spread in favor of the Niners. Joe, do you think this is an opportunity now for San Francisco as you feel they present some value in the NFC to maybe make a statement, hey, we're not just a value play. We might actually be the best team in this conference. They can, and they're catching, I think, the Chargers at the best time, too, where they're not at full strength. They're missing some of their bigger weapons. Keenan Allen hasn't been healthy all year. Mike Williams is out. Uh, and the 49ers want to run the football, and that's the biggest deficit of the Chargers, right, is they kind of allow you to do that. And whoever said men can't multitask clearly never watched Christian McCaffrey. I mean, look at what he did last time we <laughs> saw him. It was absolutely spectacular. But look, I, I mean, Christian McCaffrey right now, you know, that was a player I had massive concerns with because of the injury history and the fact that he played in the Carolina Panthers, which I knew Matt Rule was going to get yeah. fired, and we all did. But the fact of the change in when you take a player of his talent and you put him in the perfect situation, and he is mm -hmm. in that perfect situation now, this is a game changer, I think, for the 49ers. And it takes a ton of pressure off, off of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who is limited. Let's be honest. Jimmy Garoppolo is limited, yep. so really taking that pressure off of him and – handing it off and spreading out this offense the way they can now because they have a true bell cow running back not only in the running game but in the passing game as well this is a huge win for them i mean you know even the eli mitchells of the world jeffrey wilson juniors of the world these guys didn't really work a whole lot in the passing game that's why you saw those intermediate routes from guys like debo samuel in this offense now you have a mm -hmm. new wrinkle in this offense which is really tough to stop so to me, I actually think the seven's pretty comfortable. Uh, Herbert has not looked great with some of those weapons on the shelf. Uh, some offensive line issues too continue for the Chargers. So this is a tricky game here. And I do think it's a statement. And I do think they look at this and say, hey, we're going to go out there off the bye, win this game and continue to look forward and win this division that is, I've been saying has been winnable for weeks now because the Rams are not yeah. that team. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many Fridays I've been on telling you about how the Rams are just no good. Well, I think we're finally all having that realization as well. But the 49ers are. And the 49ers, I think we're going to win this football game. And I think they're going to win it by seven. Despite the Seahawks being in first place in the NFC West, the Niners are the odds-on favorites to win the division on FanDuel with a minus 130 price. So Christian McCaffrey also, the 12th best odds to win Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL at 25-1. to 1. It's because... Tyreek Hill might have already locked up this award as he leads the league in receiving at plus 250. That is his price to win NFL Offensive Player of the Year. But Joe P, let's continue to go through the NFL Sunday slate. Now, there is a Twitter account that covers college football called the Sickos Committee. I would say I'm kind of of that cloth being as big of a fan of Big Ten football as I am. If there was a sicko game of the week, in the National Football League, it would be Sunday in Las Vegas between the Raiders and the Colts. It is going to be the weirdest game I think we will ever see. Las Vegas is now just a four-and-a-half-point favorite because they cut Jonathan Abram 
earlier this week, placed Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro on the IR yesterday, and that is overshadowed by the fact that Jeff Saturday is the interim head coach for Indianapolis, making his debut at the collegiate or professional level as a coach on Sunday. Joe, what in the world are we going to see Sunday <laughs> afternoon between the Raiders and Colts in Las Vegas? Well, that's a fantastic setup, and I wish I had a good answer. All I know is I want to watch it. That's all I know. And it might be gross. It might be the most entertaining game on the slate. None of us know. I actually missed a call from Jim Ursay earlier in the week. I was the first call. And then I wasn't at my phone, and then it turned out to be Jeff Saturday. So I missed out that opportunity. And it's not like baseball where you can pluck a guy out from the announce booth, an ex-player, and stick him in there, and he kind of can manage the personalities of what's going on. This is football. This is offensive and defensive scheming. This is game playing. This is is a whole other animal. And I'm not trying to knock Jeff Saturday. I'm sure he's an awesome guy, but I think I have as many flag football coaching wins as he has high school wins, so actually probably more. Now that I think about it, you I had more than two championships last year. I got two shit and a perfect was... season under my belt. So yeah, in know, a couple well, of years, Joe, he was only twenty and sixteen during his time as a head coach I, in Georgia. Well, do you have me, more than that? Play. I have more than that, and I have a perfect season with two championships in the spring under my there belt for that under ten U club. Should have had I your coach. phone off vibrate. That's right. But here's the thing: you mentioned everything that's going wrong here for the Raiders, and it is. You got to get home. You got to get right. This is a game where if they lose this one, you oh. might have a situation where Josh McDaniels is going to find himself back in New England at the end of the year. I mean, and 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 I, I know that's really hyperbolic in a lot of ways to think about that. But if you look at the NFL and how it's scoped right now, when guys get those second chances, typically they do better. This is not going in the right direction here. I thought the Raiders might be a team that would be dangerous coming out of the gate. They have not been. Injuries are a big part yeah. of that. But also scheme and getting everybody to put it together has been a big part of that, too. So the Colts have a shot in this game, and I can't wait to see what happens at the end of the day. It is going to be a wonderfully disgusting football game. Joe Pisapia, you are just wonderful. Thank you for joining us. More of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out this show today. Our two hours together on a football Friday on the morning after. We close out our week together on the morning after here live on Sports Grid. I will miss you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. A huge football weekend, of course, for this Football Friday. So every Football Friday, I, Ben Stevens, thank you for joining us on this Friday, try to give you an NFL best bet that you can come back to for your Sunday slate as you're getting your wagers in, waiting for the day to begin. Oftentimes, that is difficult because I look at props. It's hard to get an edge on a side or even a total in the National Football League. And by this point of our show on a Friday morning, a lot of the prop numbers and yardages aren't available. But we'll still do that with a wrinkle for this huge Friday night in college basketball as well. So before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it's time for a double best bet of sorts. It's time for Bye Bye Bye. Let us begin with the NFL best bet. I gave it to you as my favorite prop for our triple option earlier on in the opening hour. I expect Saquon Barkley, fresh off the bye for the New York Giants, to feast 
in a variety of ways against the Houston Texans on Sunday. The Texans are by far the worst rushing defense in the National Football League, giving up over 180 yards on the ground. That is 30 yards worse than any other team in the National Football League. So I think Saquon will go over what is probably a large rushing yards prop. If you want to look for the combo prop, his combined rushing plus receiving yards from the line of scrimmage, he has had at least 100 in five of the eight games for the Giants this year. But it's also a huge Friday in college basketball. On this Veterans Day, on the USS Abraham Lincoln, number two Gonzaga takes on Michigan State. A game outside on an aircraft carrier the total is 145 and a half it's too high it's a Gonzaga number but we have seen this happen twice in the history of the sport 122 was the total for UNC and Michigan State over a decade ago 111 for Syracuse and San Diego State under 145 and a half that's how we'll end out this Friday on the morning after I'm Ben Stevens have a great weekend we'll talk on Monday